What up, guys? Your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. I like saying that intro a lot quicker like that, but uh, hope you guys are having an amazing day, night when you guys are listening to this. I know you normally start to end it off like that, but uh, I'm feeling good and I want to talk about a lot of different things. Drop the documentary, the story of G and his chain getting robbed. Basically, I titled it Nine Different Things. Um, I'm messing with the YouTube thing where you can uh, try three different thumbnails and see which one's the best. Like they'll, they have this like test that they started uh, this beta where you upload three different versions of a thumbnail and whichever one gets the most clicks is the one that usually, they usually suggest for you to, you know, put as a thumbnail. So if you're seeing a lot of different titles on thumbnails, you're seeing different type of titles. When I announce videos, it's because of that. It's just testing and seeing what works, what doesn't work. Uh, I feel like my content's not, it hasn't really been pushed like it used to be. And I think that's because just this year, especially I didn't post a lot of documentaries that get rich one kind of took up a lot of my time man, and it took up like five months of not uploading at all. So uh, I think YouTube's kind of like shadow round me in a way, like I've been shadow kind of banned. So I'm hoping with this documentary out and if I can get the Diddy one, the Diddy $1 million hit one out before this month is over, it starts to kick things in. And then December I drop a lot more and then just keep the ball rolling like that. I am going to dedicate a lot more time to the YouTube stuff because this year, you know, with the get rich thing took forever. And then, uh, just been doing social media outside of YouTube as well, which has grown, you know, which has helped the podcast. So luckily it's looking like the podcast is going to be good to go for next year, uh, because of this, all this, cause I wanted to make sure I could keep doing the podcast by growing outside of it. So it's a lot to balance, lots to handle, but, uh, it's happening, you know, bit by bit, uh, hopefully in the future, I can start to grow my team where I can, you know, have people do different things. And then I, you know, I get to kind of focus my energy more on the creative stuff, the cool stuff, uh, instead of doing kind of the boring, tedious tasks. Like editing is cool, but it, you know, it's like, eh, do I have to edit this whole fucking thing. And then, you know, so, uh, podcast luckily is edited by someone else. So that helps out. But, uh, yeah, uh, enough of me talking about that stuff, but let me know what you guys think of the documentary, the June story getting chain, getting robbed. Um, I did uh, I did have access to talk to a lot of these people in this story, and including Godfather. So if this one performs well, if I'm seeing like, you know, it's it's right now it's doing, as of the recording right now, it's got about 25,000 views in a day, which is pretty good, actually. It's actually been my best performing documentary in a day, like documentary-wise, not news or any other videos, but just documentaries. So that's good. That's, that's a good sign. Uh, hopefully it continues on the trending that way, and it does you know, half a million, a million, you know, 1.5, 2 million. If it does that, then I'm going to do a part two where I actually interview a lot of these people that have never spoke on this. Uh, Godfather's never, never talked. I don't even know what he looks like. Uh, I do, you know, I talked to Spider Loke about setting that, <clears throat> about setting, sorry, about setting that up. And uh, he said, yeah, I can make it happen. So uh, we're going to look into that if, if uh, this performs well. If it does, I'm going to go that route. I'm going to do a part two where I actually talk to the people and then, uh, yeah, hopefully that does well, you know, too. And that's how I kind of set up a lot of these documentaries um, where I, I do a, a YouTube version. If it performs well, I'll do a, you know, a, like a version where I'm traveling and actually interviewing directly a lot of these people. I think that's cool. And it's honestly very cool that it came out during the Beg for Mercy anniversary. I was not planning that at all. I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. It just happened to come out that day. Um, so, yeah, very cool. Let's get into the news. YNW Melly's murder Double murder retrial has been delayed until 2024. Uh, YNW Melly's mother, Jamie King, has revealed that she's heartbroken that her son won't face a jury of his peers until 2024. So 
She reacted to it. The Miami Herald is reporting that Judge, Judge John Murphy ruled that prosecutors will need more time to prepare for the Florida Rappers double murder retrial, so opening arguments won't begin until February 5th, 2024. Damn, he's been locked up since February 2019. So, how much is that? It's five years. Five years of being locked up. Uh, uh, the motion filed by the assistant state attorneys, Alexandra Buck, Elu, Taylor Collins, and Justin Griffiths, claim that their work their workload is heavier than they realized, in part due to the recusal of Christina Bradley and in part due to additional witness tampering charges brought against the rapper and his co-defendant YNW Portland. As such, they argued they needed more time to prepare and Judge Murphy agreed. Unfortunately, however, this means that YNW will have to remain behind bars until then. So yeah, uh, basically five years, right when February hits, it's going to be five years for him. I don't know exactly what date he was locked up, but I do know in February 2019 he was locked up. So five years. And, you know, if he actually did these and he gets convicted, it's life. So it doesn't really, that five years is just going to be con- extended to life, which is like the worst possible thing as a young person. But, you know, uh, yeah, his mom responded and said, I'm sorry, kid, uh, with hard eye or the, the sad eye, you know, uh, the emoji with the sad eyes and then the broken heart emoji. So, um, yeah, we'll keep our eye on this and see see what happens. Uh, interesting, interesting enough. R. Kelly, speaking of somebody who's locked up, R. Kelly is suing prison officials for allegedly leaking emails and call logs to Tasha K. Before I talk about the R. Kelly thing, I want to talk about Tasha K, and I'm surprised people are still paying attention to her. Uh, she recently did an interview with somebody, and the person claimed that Will Smith slept with that person or something like that, and that Will Smith is uh, gay and whatever the case may be. This is, mind you, this is coming from Tasha K, the person who spread misinformation about Cardi B got sued and lost and now is like basically bankrupt trying to plead uh, for her, you know, for Cardi B not to destroy her life completely. Um, I don't know why people support people like this who spread misinformation, who spread wrong gossip. Like you can gossip, but, you know, stay within the realms of reality and what's real. You know, if I was here gossiping about the game being um, five foot two instead of six foot four, you know, like that's not reality. We we know he's not five foot two. We know he's he's as tall as six foot four. I'm just using a random example. Obviously, that's not the best one. But uh, you know, if I was just throwing random shit out there, like I don't know, Eminem is an alien and from you know Pluto, and I have evidence his, his DNA did not come out as real, and I forged these fake papers. I don't know, some random outlandish shit. Um, and if it came out that I'm not speaking the truth, then why would you? Why would anybody listen to me anymore? Like it makes no sense. I don't know how Tosh K still gets these viewers saw like the clip go viral on TikTok and I just commented I was like this is like right when I saw Tasha K I, I commented something like oh I saw Tasha K this is definitely false like you can't trust somebody who's you know I'm surprised people won't go to her like after with the Cardi B thing like anyways R. Kelly Tasha K call logs emails R. Kelly has filed suit against the Federal Bureau of Prisons for allegedly leaking his prison emails and call logs to blogger Tasha K according to Billboard the embattled singer filed a lawsuit in Chicago federal court on Monday, November 13th, alleging, uh, I don't know how to ever say this word properly, Bureau, 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 B-U-R-E-A-U. It's like credit Bureau, Bureau, Bureau. Let me, I'm going to actually play this and see how this actually sounds. I'm going to play this for you guys, see how this, how do we pronounce this? Brew, Bureau, Bureau. I know credit bureau. 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 
Bureau. Why am I? How did I not credit Bureau? Bureau. Bureau. Federal Bureau. 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 Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, a legend that a. Oh my God! Please don't tell me I don't know. That. Bureau. 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 Fuck it, man. A legend that Bureau of Prisons uh, agent illegally assessed his digital prison records and sold them to Tasha in 2019. Tasha K is named as a defendant in the suit with Kelly's legal team writing that she rallied her massive following to harass the plaintiff with the use of stolen information and created chaos in plaintiff's personal life. Uh, the leaks left Kelly isolated and fearful to communicate with his attorneys or other third parties because he knew it would be released to the general public for mass exploitation. The lawsuit notes that the internal BOP investigation revealed that an unnamed officer had pulled R. Kelly's records from the agency's digital database of information on prisoners, scanned them, then emailed them outside the parties, including Tasha, and that nothing happened once that was discovered. No charges were brought against the defendant, BOP Officer A. The government has refused to reveal any details about the investigation, including the identity of Officer A. The, com the complaint reads, In short, there has been a cover-up of rampant BOP uh, misconduct that is ongoing. They also noted that the leaks have continued to happen since the investigation, pointing to an incident over the summer where the 28,000 he had in prison canteen was discovered and subsequently seized to continue paying restitution to his victims. R. Kelly's lawyers alleged that he leaks that the leaks amounted to negligence and an invasion of privacy and intentional infliction of emotional distress, civil theft, and com civil conspiracy. A spokesperson for the BOP declined to comment to Billboard, citing agency policy on pending litigation. So yeah, basically, Tosh K pays somebody to get some paperwork on R. Kelly. You see what Tosh K is doing out here? She's out here doing shit to other. I mean, not like R. Kelly's a great person, and, uh, you know, he deserves every bad thing coming to him, but, you know, bad plus bad doesn't equal good, you know, in this case. R. Kelly's a bad person. Tosh K is clearly, clearly a bad person. She. She is the type of person that just cares about herself. Like you can tell in interviews, you can tell when she got when she lost the court case, she took no blame at all for it. Like she went live on YouTube. I remember watching this because I was like, I remember reading up about the case and I was gonna talk about it on the podcast, and we did at the time, but just took no accountability. Like none. Like people would like that who don't hold themselves accountable if they do something bad. Are horrible human beings. I'm telling you guys right now, just bad people overall. Like you need to have some type of accountability. Um, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be, uh, you know, good or anything. Like it just, your life never goes well if you have no accountability. You know, so yeah, we'll keep our eye on this and hopefully Tasha K gets sued again on some shit for doing some stuff like this because I don't know how people are still listening to her. Like I'm gonna go on her YouTube channel. I'm, I'm really sound like a hater, but I'm not. Cause I really don't give a shit. I don't even watch her. I just, when I see her, when I see these headlines, I'm like 1.14 million subscribers unwind with Tasha. We got two days ago, 209,000 views. She gets a decent amount of views, but she barely, she mainly goes live. Like that's her whole thing. Yeah. She gets good views going live. Yeah. So regardless, you know, like I'm surprised you know, anyone gives a shit about what she has to say about things, especially when she got out or to somebody putting out false information. But, hey, I'm sounding like a straight-up hater right now. 
when I'm not, I don't, I honestly, I'm not, but it's just like, it's, you, I don't know, man. People support sometimes the wrong people, but you know, birds of a, what did I say? Birds of a feather flock together, some shit like that. Um, so yeah, people who like to gossip and just spread negativity. They're going to flock towards each other and they're going to watch shit like that. So yeah, we'll keep our eye out, um, and see if something happens. Cameron and Mace. Actually, there's going to be two Cameron talk topics I want to talk about, but this one's interesting. Cameron and Mace argued that DMX was a better rapper than Tupac. So let's see what their case is. Hey, was just, X was on shit, DMX, rest in peace to him. Oh, yeah, I asked him a question, too. Who was better, DMX or Tupac? Mm. I ain't got time for that shit, man. No. Y'all like, on the internet <laughs> going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say what you want to say. Crazy. I, me personally, I seen DMX. I didn't really get to see. I'm talking about on tour with DMX. I'm in yeah. the studio with DMX. See, I actually got to see go lose their mind about yeah. DMX. I know love Tupac, but I didn't get to see him on tour and do anything else. Yeah. So for me, it's going to be DMX because I actually got to be a part of or see from when he was just in the tenement rapping to selling 10, 20, however many millions of records he sold. I seen the whole process. What about you, Mace? Oh man, that to me, I would I would definitely have to say DMX because, and not just East West. Like when you saw the energy pause that this DMX gave, like just you could just stop one lyric that he would be saying in a whole concert. And the whole arena was said. Like, I think a lot of times because you learn the flaws of this, you forget how great this really were. Like DMX was one of those like special, special talents. Yes, and, he was. And when I when I first heard DMX in the studio, I was just like, yo, this is is just different. Like we was in the studio, that's how he ended up on my album on like two records. And then from there he went and did his deal and all of that stuff. But I was like, yo, this is crazy. Now, what about Pac you? Was, Pac was phenomenal, too. I can't take nothing away from yeah. Pac. But DMX, I think DMX had more than Pac. I'm going to go on the record and say that. He had more than Pac because DMX was able to give you um, just just a different... He just touched pause in a different way than Pac did. You know, I was more of a Tupac dude. You already I knew you was going to say But that. you said DMX was the best performer you ever seen ever in seen life. Ever seen in my life. Yeah. DMX, That's what I mean. DMX was the best performer I ever seen in my f***ing life. When that came out at that f***ing spectrum. And he walked on that f***ing stage. That shit. I'm talking about that shit. Damn near it was, it was about to fall from the Raptors in that Man, that was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen Before in my life. Before DMX come on the stage, he be backstage growling on the mic and the crowd going crazy. You just hear the nigga growling. You hear all that shit? You like, just, the whole crowd before he walk out yeah. is losing their mind came just off that One, two, one, two. was So X ridiculous. was definitely the better rapper, and Pac was probably the better artist. Just I don't, I don't know because I don't know who was the better rapper. I know they both had great songs. I know they both was a, way above average rappers. They was mm -hmm. they was top tier. You know what I mean? Pac gave you a certain type of feeling in one way, and DMX gave you a certain type of feeling in another way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But um, that's a great debate, though. Mm -hmm. I love both. I'm rest in peace to both of them. They were both truly great artists. That's interesting. You know, 
watching that clip, the first thing that came to my mind is where was this talk when DMX was alive? You know, um, seems like more people miss him now that he's gone. More people are talking about him in this in this great light now that he's gone. When he was alive, and here's here's why I'm saying this because I've been. No, I announced a while ago that I want to do a DMX documentary going through his whole career. You know, like I did with Nipsey, Pop Smoke, anybody that's passed. I've been having kind of this series of like artists that passed doing a full documentary of their career because sometimes when an artist passed, some people don't know who they are, especially with Nipsey. It was like a situation like, wow, this guy has a huge impact. So let me find out information about him. So I was like, let me put this documentary. And that's why it's my most viewed documentary of all time. It's like at 4.2 million views. You know, I did one on Pop Smoke, got amazing views, like one point something million. Did one on King Von, got like three million. So the interest is there. When somebody passes, Young Dolph, almost a million. So the interest is there when somebody passes of who is this artist. Um, so I've been working on a DMX one. And just like reading books and putting pieces together, I want to drop it during the anniversary of his uh, death in uh, April. That's my plan, at least. And... There are certain moments in his career, especially when he was going through the drug problems, that there were people in the industry that just simply didn't fuck with him. You know, when you had that comeback, quote unquote, in like 2000 and I want to say 2011, 2012, when he, when he did that song with Machine Gun Kelly and Machine Gun Kelly was really fucking with him. And Machine Gun Kelly at that time had that, uh, the record Waka, uh, what the fuck is that song, man? Why am I forgetting this shit? The record of Waka. Waka, Waka, Waka. I'm a wild boy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm a wild boy. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, that record. Um, So Machine Gun Kelly had like, you know, some sort of buzz. He wasn't the, the hottest hip hop artist at the time, but, you know, he was doing his thing. And DMX, you know, Machine Gun Kelly really likes DMX as an artist, as a fan of him. That was like the only feature I remember on that album that was like a mainstream that somebody fucked with them mainstream wise. Everybody else just kind of, I'm sure DM, but the thing is too, you know, we got to look at it both ways. Maybe DMX didn't reach out to them. Maybe, you know, but still the, it just seems like the industry turned their back on DMX. You know, when he was going with the issues with Jay-Z at Def Jam and Jay-Z, you know, he claimed Jay-Z sabotaged his career and didn't want to fund the album that he wanted to release. You know, when he dropped that Lord, give me a sign record and all that, that album, um, you know, Going through his career, when I was doing this documentary, where I'm like putting a piece together, I realized that there was this this gap in his career. And I'm, when you guys watch the documentary, when I release it in April, you guys will see. And I'm gonna highlight that moment in his career because I feel like a lot of people, you know, turned their backs on him and just didn't speak about him or highly of him at all. You know, there there are moments where they were calling him crackhead and just all kinds of shit. Now, yeah, he did have a drug problem, but I mean, you know, have some sort of empathy for people. Um, I say all that to say it's interesting to see a clip like this now where DMX is getting praised to what Tupac is, to the level of a Tupac. Because when he was alive, I'm telling you right now, if you guys can find a clip when he was alive, somebody praising him to the level of a Tupac, I will be so fucking surprised that I will give you a personal shout out on all my platforms for free. Because I, 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 I don't know. I've seen people say he's great, but comparing to Tupac, so that kind of that kind of was just interesting to me. But 
going to the debate, I do think DMX is up there with Tupac. I think they have their own things that they're really great at. Me, personally, I think Slippin' by DMX, Slippin', Fall, Can't Get Up, is one of the greatest hip-hop songs, or just songs, period. Not even hip-hop, just take hip-hop out of the equation. Just songs, period. Because that's a song that anybody can relate to. And that, oh my God, that sample, that beat. The like, oh my, it's one of the best songs of all time, man. I think, in my opinion. And then Pac has his own. I think Dear Mama is one of the greatest. It's They both have these emotional sides to them, but then they have these aggressive sides, and that's what makes them so great. You know, they can tap into the realness of what they are, and then they can tap into that aggressive one, two, one, two, one, two, gun through. Show you what the gun do. Dun, 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 dun. Anyways, um, it's a very interesting debate, man. I'd have to go over their catalogs, but, you know, the issue with this debate, and that's what's the issue with Biggie and Tupac in general, is that they died in their primes, and everybody else that is debated against them has had a full-on career. So that can be used against them, and that can be used, you know, for the better of them, you know. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting debate. I don't know. I don't know what I would choose, man. I'd have to really go over everything. But I, I you know, I, I, I grew up with Tupac. I mean, not Tupac, but DMX, because I am younger, so. You know, Tupac is somebody that I discovered, like, later on. I discovered Tupac mainly around that time when I was listening to Eminem and 50. I was, like, you know, around that time. Because I remember that that song, Arillas Killers. And I started listening a little bit to Tupac. I was like, who's this guy, Tupac? Then Biggie. But DMX was more in my life. Because DMX was dropping, like, at his peak at that time. You know, in 2002, 2003, 2004. So, you know, in the movies, Cradle to the Grave, Romeo Must Die. Like, DMX just had a bigger impact in my life. So, if I had to, like, overall be like, okay... Who do I think is, you know, who who to me is the, the better, bigger artist to me is going to be DMX. But, you know, if you look at a scope of it all, you know, uh, you know, Tupac is just at a different, like just Tupac, you know, had different shit, man. It was just like a different, interesting, interesting thing with him, you know. So very interesting debate, though, man. I, you know, my, my, the, the reason why I'm mainly blown back by this is two, you know, the first is two reasons. The first is obviously the comparison because I've never until DMX died and never heard of this comparison. Second is that it's a great comparison. I think it's very, very close, man. Um, and that, that says a lot about DMX because if Tupac is Tupac is one of these higher upper echelon that everybody considers the top five of all time. DMX being on that, you know, uh, says a lot about DMX's impact. Um, but yeah, interesting. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Do you guys think, you know, uh, you know, is it Tupac or is it DMX? Uh, you know, it's a great debate. Speaking of Cameron Moore on the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast, again, same podcast, same DMX, Tupac debate. Cameron reveals his relationship with Joel Santana and basically says that Joel Santana could have been one of the biggest artists of all time, but he isn't because he didn't put in effort basically toying with the word lazy essentially um and this i've heard this before and we can kind of you guys can kind of guess who we've heard this from before from a different artist with a different crew that is similar to dipset that starts with the g ends with the t you guys know what i'm getting at at this point because we've heard this from you know i don't want to mention but you guys know what i'm talking about so uh I just want to I want to play this for you guys because I want to know what you guys think and then I'm going to talk about what uh what this actually means. So let me let me get the clip for you guys. 
He got yeah. bangers. Like, like no, not, I'm not going to lie. When I first heard Juel's rap, I was like, yo, because at that time I wasn't speaking to Killer. So I was like, yo, it's they got one. Yeah, like that. Nigga. I, like, Juel's could have really been like, he could have been on, he could have been Hove level. Mm. Real, now, real talk, he had it. And yeah. he had it at a young age. He like, he could have been the leader of everything that's going on outside yeah. right now. He could have been all these young father, uncle, whatever you want to call it. Like, that's how much, because the, the chicks liked him. He yeah. could rap. He was fly. He had every element that you yeah. needed to be that. Yeah, he had the real wittiness to yeah. be like one of those special rappers. Right, exactly. What stopped him? You was there, I wasn't. Well, to be, and I'm be totally honest with you, to me, Jewel's, I wouldn't say poor work ethic, but I'm just not sure why. Jewel's will sit there with 300 songs on his hard drive, I won't put it out. If you follow Juels now on his Instagram, I haven't spoke Juels in a while, but he'll tell you next month, so-and-so is coming out. Next month, so-and-so is coming out. So Next month, so-and-so, it doesn't come out. If you think about it, he wanted to get out of his deal with me. Uh, I, he's like, I'm not putting out no music till I get out the deal with Cam and then I'll put my album out. And he bought the deal since 2008. So I know put little mixtapes out here and there, but he hasn't put out like a real project. So I'm not going to say he doesn't have great work ethic. I don't know what it is once he got the songs done, why they don't come out. I speak to his brother all the time. Most and, artists do that. And they and he's sitting there with 800 songs in a hard drive. So I have no idea. But once he wanted to get out his deal with me, I made it happen. And I just decided we still brothers and still cool, but I have nothing to do with as far as your music career. That's since 2008, everything but him. When, it, when, it, when we was working, look, we used to have to lock Jewels in the house, straight up and down. When when he's 15, 16, you don't want to go to school, you ain't going outside. You come with us to the club. Yo, you did them songs. All them songs that you hear, the bangers, was forced. Yo, write the song, my nigga. Write the song. But it got to a point where I can't treat you like you're, you're a grown man now. I can't yell at yeah. you. I can't scream at you. All them hits, uh, Gangster Music, Santana's Town, mm. all the hot Hey, Ma, was when we about to walk out to the club. We had Crib in Chicago. And he'd be like, come on. I'd be like, did the 16? He'd be like, uh, da, da, da. I said, we'll bring you a bitch back. You're not coming out until you finish the song. You're not going. Straight like that, he'll tell you. And, then, and you're not coming out. We'll bring your hoe back. And if you, you finish the 16, we'll let you have her. Yeah, Jewels was definitely and, top and, five. And that's how the songs came about. So when we started working together, I'm not saying the work I think I put, but for some reason it's not translating into the public hearing it. Like I said, you go to this page now, every month he's saying something's coming out, something's coming out. And the reason I know this, because I'm waiting, I'm yeah. a fan. Yeah. I'm sitting there saying, when is, well, when's the shit coming out? Because I would like to hear it. Yeah. But it just doesn't come out for us. This is interesting to hear from Cameron, and I'm not, I'm not surprised, man. Uh, when people, here's the thing, when people think of groups, you guys got to think, or anything collaborative, you have to take into consideration that everybody has their own personality. Everybody has their own style of doing things. Everybody has their own type of work ethic. Everybody has their own things going on in their life. So the frustrating thing, and I've had this on my own, like when I, when I, when I had, you know, people on my team that I've been fired, you, you know, you try to motivate or you try to help the person and you try to motivate them and you try your best to give them everything that they need to be successful. 
and it just doesn't happen. The person doesn't want it to happen. The person is just not that motivated, not that uh, dedicated, whatever the case may be. And you can't force, you can't force that onto anybody, man. Um, who knows if Joel Santana was going something personally, like he's going through something personal. Who knows? I know people were saying he was he had a drug problem, whatever the case may be, because his teeth missing. Joel said that that was a. Uh, he ate a lot of candy and it caused a lot of cavities, so that's why he had a lot of teeth missing. And then, the guy, and then he got dental work later on. I don't know what the, what that is, but he could be going through something personal too. That's a lot of a lot of a reason why somebody would stop making music, would stop you know having that work ethic. But you know, there's a diff. This is why Cameron is Cameron and Joel's now is Joel's at this moment in their careers. Because you can have all the fucking talent in the world. You can have the swag, the flow, delivery as an artist. But if you ain't got the work ethic to put in the work, none of that shit's going to matter. It'll last for that moment. You'll be hot. But after that, man, uh, you know, you're not going to last, man. You got to have that work ethic. It needs to be consistent. And, you know, that's why Cameron is what Cameron is right now. That's the reason why, you know, a lot of artists that were leaders of their labels and groups are what they are right now. Because, you know, even though they're rich, they still keep working. They still keep doing their thing. And he's right, though, man. Joel has announced projects, albums here and there, and never drops. Um, there was that project with Lil Wayne, Can't Feel My Face, never came out. At the peak of, like, their their hot careers, whatever, that never came out. Uh, lots of things, man. Uh, and I think Joel's has a lot of talent, you know, has that, that, but the thing is with me, with a lot of these older artists, and this is not to disrespect them. I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. At that point in your career, when you're in their forties, fifties, it's really hard to get a second career going, like where people are interested in a new generation is interested in you and you get on fire again. It's very hard to do. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. A hip hop artist. I'm trying to think. Nas, Nas, Nas has done it where there's a point where people just weren't really listening to Nas, but now he's like on top again, getting Grammys, but I'm talking like on a mainstream level. I'm talking number one hit records, Billboard Hot 100 has a hip hop artist. Let's just say been hot. Let's just give you a time timeline of this been hot in the nineties and then hot in the 2020s or hot in the 2000s and hot in the 2020s again. Very, very like nobody's done that. And you can't say Eminem. Eminem took a four year hiatus. But Eminem's always been on top. Like he has I'm talking an artist that was hot for like only a couple of years in the early two thousands. Let's just say Nelly did a little bit of that. Like Nelly in the early two thousands was hot. Kind of fell off after like two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven. And like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, he dropped that just a dream record. I caught him again hot. Um, but that was like only a couple years. I'm talking like a gap of like, when's the last time Joel's was like, had like a mainstream success? Like Banks, Lloyd Banks, if you remember Benson Bentley? Like that was the last time I can remember like where he was on a record that was like buzzing and doing well. And maybe, I don't know. I, I got to think really good about it. But it's that gap, like it's hard to become hot again after that. It's harder because you only get a one time introduction to the world. And, you know, after that, they kind of know what to expect from you. So if you drop, like, trying to get back hot after, like, 20 years, 30 years in your career, uh, it's, you know, it's pretty much done at that point. Like, nobody's going to – so I'm not saying that to say that that will never happen with Joel's. It's a possibility, but it would have to be 
very, you know, very something unique for that to happen. And Cameron is right, man. Um, you know, a lot of artists complain about being on labels. Once they get out, boom, you don't see any work ethic. You don't see nothing drop after that. So it's like, you know, they just use that as an excuse as to why they're not dropping music. Because if they said, hey, I'm lazy, I'm not dropping music, um, you guys would be like, what the fuck? Like, you don't deserve to be whatever you're at right now. Now, Cameron is saying he's not lazy because he is recording music, but he's not releasing it. So, you know, we get that from Dr. Dre, but Dr. Dre's not a rapper. He's more of a producer. I get that. I get that producer aspect of it because producers have a certain different type of ear and they expect a certain type of quality and sound, at least great producers. So an artist, though, it's like, bro, just drop the music. I feel like a lot of artists get scared, too. It's like, what are they going to think now that I'm 40-something or 50? And how old is you? I know he's in his, he has to be in his 40s right now. No way. I know he's not in his 50s because that'd be way too old. Um, yeah, he's 41, so he just basically entered his 40s. That's young, man. Still still got time to be dropping music and doing your thing. But, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff of a lot, about a lot of the stuff, man. It's hard to get everybody on the same page. It's hard. You know, if somebody's carrying all the weight and you guys aren't, it's like that person's going to get resentful towards other people because it's like, what the fuck? Why am I doing all the work? You know, I got to force you to be in the studio. I got to force like a child, bro. You're taking care of a grown man child. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that about Joel's. I'm just speaking in general that even in business, like, you know, for example, me running this company, if I had a bunch of employees and I had to drag them and force them to do stuff and constantly had to push them to do stuff, I would start resenting them. And I would start, you know, I would eventually fire them or just not want to deal with them ever again. You know, that's just, that comes with everybody, man. If you guys, if you had to force somebody to work and force and drag them and say, hey, man, you have such amazing talent. We got to get this out of you. We got to just, and they don't want to do it. You know, you, you try your best, man. You can't drag people to success. You can't drag them nowhere where they don't want to be. And, uh, yeah, just very interesting to hear that, man. I don't think, I don't, I don't know if Cameron's ever spoken on that like that, but it was interesting to hear. Andre 3000, man. Uh, he announced, he has announced his new solo album. And I was excited to hear this, but it turns out there's no rapping on this. It's just him playing the flute, which is interesting. The reason why it's interesting is because that might be something that we might need, man. That might be something that sparks a new sound for hip-hop culture that would, that would turn them to a different direction. So he got interviewed for his album, uh, and spoke to NPR, and he talks about why he's not rapping on the album, and why he would love to rap again. It's just not happening for him right now. Um, so, Under the Three Thousand finally has a new album coming out, but it's not a rap project, and unfortunately for fans, they shouldn't expect one—at least not for a while. The elusive outcast talent spoke to NPR for a new interview published on Monday, November fourteenth, a few days ahead of the release for his first album over seventeen years, "New Blue Sun." That's the album title. Uh, the track list wasn't telling enough for fans as the first song titled, I really wanted to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. That's funny. Uh, Three Stacks elaborated on why rap isn't happening for him right now in the conversation. He said this, I don't want to troll people. I don't want people to think, oh, this is Andre 3000 album is coming. And you play it like, oh man, no, no verses. So eventually on the packaging, you'll see it says, um, so even actually on the packaging, you'll see it says, warning, no bars, he explained. It's letting you know what it is off the top. But also, I love rap music because it was part of my youth. 
So I would love, I would love to be out here with everybody rapping, but because because it's almost like fun and being on the playground. He continued, I would love to be out here playing with everybody, but it's just not happening for me. This is the realest thing that's come that's coming right now. Not to say that I would never do it again, but there are a lot. Not to say that I would never do it again, but those are not the things that are coming right now, and I have to present what's given to me at the time. It's interesting because as a creative, I understand that. Uh, I have a lot of sometimes projects that I want to do at the moment, but then I, I just something is dragging me to do something totally different. Uh, so the title, I really wanted to make a rap album, but but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time is because this album is about wind and breathing. And that way it is true. It is literally blowing me this way. I'm blowing flutes and I'm blowing digital instruments. This is his first solo album, by the way, guys. So everybody's made that argument. Oh, Andre 2000 can't be the greatest because he doesn't have any solo projects that did well. Well, this is, I guess, I think a lot of people are going to list this. They're interested. Everyone is interested. He hasn't dropped an album in, what, 17 years. So everyone is interested in this. It's like Shawty if she was releasing an album. Everybody would be interested. Uh, it's like uh, Lauren Hill releasing an album. Everybody would be interested. So, um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm willing to listen to it. I might even go on YouTube Live. Y'all want to hear some flutes? We can chill, meditate, you know. But I, I think it's a nice, man, enough trolling aside, I think it's really, hopefully it's a nice change of pace and people kind of listen to that and get inspired from it, man. I think Andre's 2000 can do that. I think he can shift what's going on in hip-hop, this dying genre, quote-unquote, that people are saying that people are tired of. And I'm quite frankly, I'm tired of it too. A lot of the music that's been coming out has been subpar. So um, you get your Lloyd Banks here and there. You get your, you know, certain artists that come out that drop great, but not often, man. Few and far between. So I'm excited for this. I'm going to check it out. Uh, you guys should too. Speaking of, actually, I wasn't speaking of Drake, but Drake and 21 Savage, they officially stole the Spotify streaming title from Jay-Z and Kanye West. What did they steal? So Drake and 21 Savage have broken Jay-Z and Kanye West's long-standing record of having the most streamed collaborative rap album of all time. Her loss released by Drake and 21 Savage just over a year ago has hit 2.7 billion streams on Spotify, surpassing Watch the Thrones' previous record of 2.6 billion. The first joint album between the Toronto between the Toronto and Atlanta natives, her loss received mixed reviews upon release, but was a commercial success, moving over 400,000 units in the first week. Uh, in the years since, the album has been certified double platinum and nominated for Best Rap Album at 2024 Grammy Awards. Interesting. So yeah, her loss, number one, 2.7 billion. Watch the Throne is at 2.6 billion. Drip Harder is at 2.5 billion. Without Warning is at 2.4 billion. Savage Mode 2 is at 2.2 billion. I mean, collab albums, you can, you know, if you're collect, counting a producer and a rapper, I don't really count those. I'm talking straight rappers and rappers. Because, you know, you got 21 Savage or Metro Boomin. That's not really a collab. Like, I get it. It's a collab album because it's a, one producer and one artist. But I view collab albums with artists, like just artists, like Kanye. And even though Kanye, even Kanye is somewhat a producer himself, but he's, he's looked at as a rapper too. You know, Metro Boomin really isn't really, to me at least, isn't looked at as a rapper. I don't really look at him as a lot. I look at him more as a producer. So these like these people on this list, you know, it doesn't really make sense. Um, but congrats to them. We have to factor in the fact that when Watch the Throne dropped, there wasn't any streaming. So the fact that it's still, you know, up there, 
without any streaming speaks volumes about, you know, uh, that album. Uh, what a time to be alive. Drake and future is at two, two billion. So wild, man, wild numbers. Congrats to Drake and 21 Savage. Um, we'll see if they hold the title for a while, but what album do you like more? I like watch throne more. I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. Watch throne is a way better collab album than Drake and 21 Savages, but you know, I enjoyed Drake and 21 Savages album. I think it was really great. Um, yeah, dope. Shout out to them, man. Dope, dope accomplishment. Let's get to the Billboard Hot 100. You already know, man. Taylor Swift, number one, Cruel Summer. Always killing it. Um, that's a real number one. That stays in number one. Paint the Tyrant, Doja Cat, number two. Is It Over Now, Taylor Swift, number three. Snooze Sizzle, number four. Standing Next to You, Jungkook, uh, number five, debut. I Remember Everything, Zach Bryan, number six. Now and Then, The Beatles, number seven, debut. That's interesting. Wonder what that's from. Uh, Fast Car, Luke Holmes, number eight. Thinking about me, Morgan Wallen, number nine. Last night, Morgan Wallen, number ten. Fuck you, mean. Got a number thirteen. Rich Baby Daddy, Drake, Sexy Red, and SZA, number fourteen. Yeah, that that song has been like the favorite for people, which I don't understand why. I don't really enjoy the record, but that's probably one of the worst records on the album. But I don't know people. I don't know what it is about people like about Sexy Red, bro. Like she. I'm not even gonna stop. I'm not even gonna talk, guys, because you know, it's just I don't I don't know what people find interesting about her. She has the most basic sounding music voice bars. Just like yeah, anyways. Uh going down the list, I don't give a fuck. Drake twenty one, uh Drake and Yeet. I don't give a fuck twenty one. That's a, is that number twenty one, sorry. I think it's twenty one savage. Uh first person shooter, Drake and J. Cole is at number twenty four. The music video just dropped. Today, but by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be tomorrow. It just dropped. Very, very dope music video, man. Uh, very cool to see Drake and J. Cole. Um, and the video is very creative, man. Salute to them. They killed that shit. Uh, Usher, good, good, number 30. Cobra, Megan Thee Stallion, debuted at number 32. Interesting number. Doshi with Kodak Black, what it is, number 34. Sizzle Kill Bill, number 38. Barbie World, Nicki Minaj, number 39. I Know Travis Scott, number 40. A lot of these songs are going back up because... Taylor Swift basically dominated the charts last week. So a lot of these songs got kicked out or went really, really low. Um, Virginia Beach, Drake, number 54. Lil Tech of 500 pounds, number 55. What else? Great Gatsby, Rod Wave, number 62. Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion's Bongos, number 64. Slime You Out, Drake Scissor, number 70. Rich Man North, the Rich Man. By the way, we got hit with copyright on the Kid Kid interview because we played that. That is wild. I'm going to have to chop that part off. Very, very crazy that he reacted to it and we get copyright hit. Not a fan, Oliver Anthony, for doing that. Come on, man. Yeah, you're screwing me of every penny I can get. Um, Yeah, I got to cut that out of the, the damn interview because some bullshit, man. Some bullshit. All this time that it's been up, now you hit us with fucking copyright. Travis Scott, Drake, Meltdown, number 75. Rich Man, North, Ski, yeah. Sexy Red, number 84. It stayed there. Didn't really move up or down. Turks and Caicos, Rod Wave, number 80. I mean, number 90, sorry. And I think that's about it, yeah, in terms of, like, hip-hop. And that's it for today's episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. I apologize. I think the podcast is a little shorter than what it normally is today. Uh, there really wasn't a lot of news that I, I wanted to talk. There really wasn't a lot of just interesting news in general or anything important to really talk about. 
Uh, you guys know I stay away from the gossipy shit of like Will Smith sleeping with this and this person sleeping with this and this person slapping this person. I really don't give a shit about that stuff. Uh, if you guys want to listen to that type of things, then you guys can go on different uh, podcasts and listen to that. I usually like to talk about mainly hip-hop stuff and uh, stuff like that. But like always, I'm always open to suggestions. If you guys want me to do more of this, more of that, I'm always open to do it. Um, but yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, that camera thing was very interesting, the one with the jewels. Uh, I have to look. I want to look into the Dipset crew a lot more too. So yeah, that's it. Spotify, Deezer, Pocket Cast, YouTube, all that. Have an amazing night, day, whenever you listen to this. I appreciate you all and peace.